0: Chances are, if you're listening to this podcast, you've used a spreadsheet. Microsoft Excel and its alternatives are now ubiquitous in all sorts of businesses. In some cases, organizations are steering their entire company or performing critical processes using a file that can be dismissed as just a spreadsheet. I'm Lisa Pollack, columnist and head of new projects for FT.com. And today, it's all about spreadsheets. Spreadsheets can be operated by just about anyone. This means that they're quick and inexpensive to set up and run. It also means that they're likely to contain errors, some of which are potentially disastrous. But that hasn't stopped anyone.
1: My name is Flyn Hermans, I'm a sister professor at Delft University of Technology where I run the spreadsheet lab research group.
0: There's a spreadsheet lab? Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's pretty cool.
1: In a way you could say that spreadsheets are the most successful programming language that has ever existed. Everyone, if you would randomly interview people on the sheet, they know how to do a little bit of spreadsheet. So it's mm-hmm. a universal tool. Everyone knows it and it's used on from small to large companies, multinationals to the the bakery shop around the
0: corner. Professor Hermans is part of the specialist community that studies the issue. I met her a couple of weeks ago at the 16th annual conference of the European Spreadsheet Risks Interest Group. Yep, this group exists. They call themselves USPRIC for short, and their conference features lots of terrifying talk about the errors made in spreadsheets and how common this is. Another attendee was Richard Warrenlid. He's chief executive of Corality, a financial modelling firm, and he has lots of spreadsheet horror stories.
2: When it gets really interesting, it's when you look at the big, really scary mistakes. In one of the client models we reviewed, it was a fun model in the infrastructure space where they had seven assets, but only... um, in the initial model that we reviewed, there was a calculation of $700 million, a negative impact of $700 million, which of course is, is awful to find yeah. out. They realized that this was in the times of the global financial crisis and the share market was really depressed. So they figured that we can uh, release this to the market because it's not going to have much of an impact on our share price today. A few months later, we did a subsequent review of the model and found a positive change of $300 million. <laughs> Similar styled error, but going the other way, and um, the internal response from management at that time was to say, we're going to save this one for later to possibly have something to net it off with down the track, which of course is a, it's a, it's a shocking reaction, but this is what we'll see over and over again in spreadsheet error land. No one wants to admit that there's been a spreadsheet mistake, because it's a very bad thing to be seen in the market.
0: Just how common is stuff like this? Ray Panko is professor of IT management at the University of Hawaii. Some people refer to him as the father of the entire field of spreadsheet risk research.
3: What we know is that when someone builds a spreadsheet, they'll make errors in about one to five percent of all cells. And experience doesn't really matter on it. You can have experienced people, inexperienced people. They'll make errors in that range. Now, that's pretty rare. Uh, it means that you're correct 95 to 99 percent of the time. Trouble is, spreadsheets are big, and so if you get a spreadsheet with a hundred unique uh, formulas, you're almost certainly going to have a bottom line error, and the error is probably going to be fairly significant.
0: And what do you mean by bottom line error? What, I, what should I picture when you're talking
3: well, about bottom errors. line? You have you're doing calculations to get to some value, so in a business spreadsheet, a financial spreadsheet, the bottom line is going to be income after tax or something like that. So a bottom line error is just an error in a value that has had several cells going into it.
0: Professor Hermans from the Spreadsheet Lab, who we heard from earlier, studied the contents of an email server released after the collapse of Enron in 2001. What we
1: did is we crawled that email server and we looked at all the spreadsheets that were sent as attachments. Mm -hmm. And also we looked at how people emailed about spreadsheets. What do they talk about if they talk about spreadsheets? In total, there were about 50,000 spreadsheets and 16,000 unique ones. As far as we know, this is the biggest data set of spreadsheets that's available for researchers online.
0: And what did you find that was particularly interesting in the spreadsheets and in the emails that were...
1: What if I was really interesting in the emails is we looked at how people email about errors in spreadsheets? Is that this seemed to be a thing that happened every day. It was really like, hey, I looked at your spreadsheet and I found an error. Hey, I've done a review and, you know, maybe you should look at this. So... It seemed to be very normal business to email spreadsheets around, to update versions via email, and also to talk about errors. That was that was interesting. And, of, of course, we knew this. We had this feeling. We, we know these anecdotes from people. Yeah, I know we have thousands of spreadsheets and we email all the time, but now we have proof. I call it a modern-day Pompeii because <laughs> right. some of the final emails on the server were emails about the fact that, And one was closing and all systems were shut down. So it was really frozen in time and there was no, it wasn't possible for people to cover up their bad behavior so we could really look into the company.
0: So everyone uses spreadsheets and almost everyone makes a few minor mistakes that can snowball catastrophically. So why don't companies treat them more like they do other custom software they use to run mission critical processes? Software written by corporate developer teams are subject to strict testing and governance procedures. Several people at the conference were of the opinion that more testing needs to happen. John Kidd is one of them. He's a consultant now, but he previously worked for companies including Capita, Barclays, Walt Disney and more.
4: My major background is about major program development, major software, where 40% of my time is spent doing testing we wouldn't be allowed to get away with it were we to not test or do 10%. It is the routine for software engineering. And the trouble is spreadsheets fall into some no-man's land where people don't regard it as software. In reality, it is. It's DIY software. So it should be subject to the same sort of rigours doesn't mean to say it should slow it down and i although i'm from an it background it have got a lot to answer in this i think they often fail the organization with 80 percent of programs you know failing deliver you know what they should do on time and quality and budget so we hardly want us to stand up and say we're perfect but i think there are simple things around testing and, and practices that could help you know spreadsheets be seen in a much better light
0: but it's so much cheaper just to give it to the junior analyst who does the spreadsheet.
4: Exactly right. It's so the apparent cost, you know, Excel appears to be free, the time of the junior clerk appears to be free. Um, and yet, in reality, what are the opportunities that business are missing because they hadn't got the spreadsheets right? They may not have these big disasters like Enron or, um, you know, the, the JP Morgan whale, for example, but there are lots of near misses and lots of suboptimal decisions being taken by organisations because they're relying on imperfect spreadsheets.
0: The London Whale affair he mentioned there cost J.P. Morgan some $6.2 billion. In 2013, in the wake of the scandal, I reported on the mistakes made in spreadsheets by the bank's valuation and risk departments. One such error involved a bit of division, where the sum of two numbers was used instead of their average. The consequence, according to J.P. Morgan's own report, was that the volatility of the underlying trades that ultimately caused the loss was muted, likely by a factor of two. Of course, not all spreadsheet errors are on the scale of the London Whale. Mistakes that haven't made the headlines are also a cause for concern. A trio of researchers at Dartmouth College, led by Stephen Powell, studied the impact spreadsheet errors can have by looking at five different companies, each of which provided five different spreadsheets for examination. The files of one organization, identified as a small consulting company, were mistake-free. But of the 10 spreadsheets provided by the two largest firms in the study, half had mistakes with an impact of over $10 million. The biggest impact was just over $100 million. Could any of this really be avoided if spreadsheets were tested as rigorously as other software? Many at the conference were skeptical. Ricard Warnlid again.
2: No, I really don't think that's going to happen. The main reason is that it's way too time-consuming and it's impossible for a commercial company to apply that level of rigour. You might see it in like a reserve bank-type organisation for, a, for the one or two or three critical models, but in a commercial environment where spreadsheets are used day-to-day, they're fast to produce and uh, they're relied upon pretty much straight after. To do what we do as a commercial professional-level service on the model audit, the fees for that type of service is usually comparable to the cost of the development of the model but even then we cannot spend as much time as what Ray Panker would suggest we do even if we argue with the client that that is the that's going to decrease error rates it's a commercial impossibility
0: so where does this leave us error rates in spreadsheets are high the impact is sometimes high too but the cost of more testing also high I asked Professor Penko what he thinks the future holds for companies using spreadsheets.
3: I think what's going to happen is that we're going to start seeing cases in courts that get companies in a lot of trouble. And I know of a couple of cases where a company went into court and somebody found a few errors in their spreadsheets. And they just got blown out of the water whether the errors were important or not. So I think what happened, I think the lawyers are going to get involved here.
0: Law- lawyers and
3: spreadsheets. Yes, lawyer that's you know, that's kind <laughs> like of like you know, like six guns and tequila. It's just not <laughs> a good combination.
0: For more about this topic, you can find my column at Ft.com forward slash spreadsheet risks. In the column I argue that more formal training in the proper use of spreadsheets is desperately needed. I'd love to hear your views on this. Leave a comment there. Or send your spreadsheet horror stories to me privately at lisa.pollock, that's with an A, at ft.com. This podcast was produced by Martin Staba. The music was by Languess and Eric Skiff. Thanks for listening.
3: If you enjoyed listening to this episode, you might also like to try our Alpha Chat podcast presented by me, Cardiff Garcia where each week, FT writers, bloggers, and their invited guests will have a wonky, funny, and occasionally even irreverent chat about topics related to the financial markets and economics. Check it out at ft.com forward slash podcasts. only from rustolium